What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. Matt is going to be joining me in just a minute here to talk week seven of the NFL season. But before we get there, we are changing the podcast schedule up on you guys again this week. I know. I'm sorry. We just like to keep you guys on your toes over here. There will not be a basketball podcast this Friday because our next episode is going to be episode 100 of Fouled Out. And we want to do a little bit of a longer kind of special episode next Tuesday for you guys. So NFL today, nothing until next Wednesday. We record on Tuesday, so it's going to come out next Wednesday, and that's going to be episode 100. I promised my nephew, Marshall, that I would interview LeBron James on our 100th episode of the podcast when we first started the podcast. That is probably not going to happen, uh, but we may have another special interview for you guys, so stay tuned for that next week. But for now, we're talking week seven. Let's go. All right, Matt is here coming to us live from what looks like the deck of the Black Pearl after it got attacked by Davy Jones and Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest. What's up, Matt? Uh, you know, just uh, reaching out in every way I can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Try to avoid that giant squid thing behind you that's eating that man's face because that does not look pleasant. He seems a little preoccupied, so I think I might be good. Yeah, there are some visual gags that Matt does where I'm like, ah, I'm so sad that the viewers can't see this. This is, <laughs> this is one you don't want to see. Trust me. <laughs> the worst part of the this movie. is like one of those scenes where I was like, why was this movie PG-13? <laughs> it Honestly, it looks like Japanese animated porn going on behind you. The retentacling. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> so we're, we're talking about week seven. And I was doing research for this podcast and I was like, oh, I'm going to come up with some like really good topics and we're going to have some good data driven discussion about what's going on in the NFL right now. And I just, you know, I was doing all this research and the only thing I want to say is that I call shenanigans on the NFL. We're Join the club. Yeah, we're through seven weeks, and this season is complete bullshit. There's no rhyme or reason for why teams have the records they do. There are five teams that are currently in playoff spots, and like I know we got a long way to go still, but there's five teams in playoff spots right now that have negative point differentials. The Vikings are 5-1, and one, even though they're 18th in DVOA. Yeah. While on the other side, the Jags are two and five while they're ninth in DVOA. New York football is 11 and three between the Giants and the Jets. And before I go on to my next thing, I just want to say, I think it's funny that New York all of a sudden wants to claim Buffalo as a New York football team. <laughs> Now that they're good, like they wanted nothing to do with the Buffalo Bills for years and years and years. But now that Josh Allen is a megastar, they're like, New York football, baby, the Jets, the Giants and the Bills. And if you're a football fan in New York, I just want to tell you that Buffalo is not a New York team. Buffalo is Canada's team. You leave them alone. No, they're, they're part of the Lake Erie bros. 
that's fine too, but they are not a New yeah. York team. Buffalo no, is no. not true. Uh, also, I just want to say, like, this is a life lesson for all you guys out there. If your wife or your girlfriend starts <laughs> starts a sentence with, I just think it's funny, the next thing she says is not going to be funny. <laughs> it's just not. You're not going to have a fun conversation. Anything that starts with, I just think it's funny that the rest of that conversation does not go well for you. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, that's like the last, that's the worst sentence in the English language. I just think it's funny how... But yeah, I mean, just confusing times in the NFL. It seems like all the things that should add up to wins and losses are just not adding up for a lot of teams. Mm -hmm. We also have a lot of teams that are kind of hovering around 500, like right around that like three and four, four and three range. Mm -hmm. We got a long way to go, but I'm confused, Matt. I'm almost as confused as I was when you came on with your background. You know, I, I see this is troubling for you. So I I think... I can give you something slightly more pleasant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now there's just animated butts shaking behind Matt's head. The podcast has gone off the rails. Perhaps more confusing than the animated butts dancing behind Matt. And more confusing than most of the things I just listed. We're coming up on the NFL trade deadline. And we had a couple of major trades this week. And I just, whenever there's NFL trades, especially with big names, I'm just constantly reminded that I do not understand player value in the NFL. Sometimes I see these trades and I feel like these NFL GMs who are pulling the trigger on these things are still like very much like college frat boys who are like going off of five years ago fantasy football it's like when the old gm for detroit just used to draft the college guys who had the best college statistics like when you draft kevin jones out of ucf <laughs> it's just like look at all the rushing yards he's amazing i mean he had like two or three good games i think <laughs> yeah he, he could have been good that, but what Matt's talking about, so, I mean, I'm sure you guys mostly saw this by now, but Christian McCaffrey was traded to the 49ers for a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth round pick. And then yep. at the same time, James Robinson was traded to the Jets for a conditional six that could become a fifth if he rushes for 600 more yards this season. Yep. I don't know about you, but I don't think that like I know Christian McCaffrey is better than James Robinson. But is he a second, a third and a fourth round pick better than James Robinson? Not even close. And at the same time, I think I'd rather have James Robinson because I'm more confident that he's going to be there for me at the end of the season when I need him the most. It's been well documented on this podcast that you can't keep James Robinson down, not even with the torn Achilles. No. Yeah, before we start talking about running back value, do you want to know who the true winner of the James Robinson trade is? Travis Etienne. Oh, I was going to say me, because you, you're going to have to buy me a beer now. 
I mean, he could still get hurt. <laughs> this is fair. Yeah, I just, man. So I, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I am vehemently opposed to spending premium picks on running backs. Yeah. Ever. No first round picks. I'm opposed to high second round picks, even though we've seen it to varying degrees of success here in the last yeah. couple of years. I think someone like Najee Harris is like a perfect example of why you don't sell a ton of shit to get a running back. Like they drafted him in the first round when they have very clear and still unresolved deficiencies along the offensive line. Yeah. And as talented as he is, he can't go anywhere this season. It's causing more pervasive problems too, because Kenny Pickett looks really, really rough right now you're essentially spending his entire rookie season not being able to evaluate him at all because nobody's going to look good behind that offensive line. Yeah. And I mean, so aside from just like value too, it's just like, I I just don't understand what the 49ers are doing here. Trading all these picks for McCaffrey. Like I know the Panthers asking price was high, but I just wouldn't have paid it for a running back. No, I mean, I think that if you play hardball with them all the way up to the deadline, eventually you're going to get him for significantly less than that because I just can't imagine that Christian McCaffrey and his monster contract is going to be one of the things that's going to really tempt a, you know, incoming head coach. Like, it's as talented as he is, you don't know how often he's going to be there. And you'd honestly probably rather have the cap space to A, replace him, and B, add more talent on the rest of that offense that desperately needs it. I I just didn't think there was any way they were getting past this trade deadline with with McCaffrey on the Panthers anyways. I like I didn't think they were going to have a fire sale. I didn't think that Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin or uh Derek Brown were ever going anywhere. But McCaffrey was there I I just didn't think there was any way he was going to stay on the team. No, I mean, to be fair, the cap hit this year is less than a million dollars for the 49ers. And then it spikes. It's like 12 for the next three years. So it's not like the worst cap hit in the world. I'm more concerned about the picks because I would never give up anything aside from a day three pick for any running back. Honestly, I think like we've seen how expendable and how replaceable running backs are. Mm hmm. So to go out and spend all of these picks when you already don't have a first because of the Trey Lance deal. Right. When you have Elijah Mitchell coming back later this season <laughs> and like, honestly, Jeff Wilson's yeah. done a fine job. I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me, man. They also just drafted a running back in the third round. Again, they've drafted third round running backs each of the last two drafts. Yeah. And Elijah and Mitchell. they don't use them. <laughs> They cut one of them. It doesn't make any sense what they're doing. Or like when I first saw that the deal was happening, I figured it was probably pretty low cost. So it made sense. Because 
I mean, shit, they're going to run the shit out of the ball. And adding a premium pass catcher out of the backfield, like that certainly elevates your offense. But spending all of your draft capital to get him when you're still rolling ahead with Jimmy G, good luck. I, I mean, that's that's a bold strategy. Yeah, I just I don't hate the 49ers like trying to get better or trying to like use draft picks to improve their chances to win a Super Bowl this season. But like, I don't know, this was the move. Yeah, this is your all in move is you're going to trade all these picks for Christian McCaffrey, who like I like Christian McCaffrey. But honestly, what has Christian McCaffrey ever really done in the NFL besides put up stats for fantasy football? Well, and you kind of have to sit here and look at it and say, like, yeah, when he plays, he's better than James Robinson. But James Robinson was still there, and only one game has been played since that deal was made. You really didn't think that maybe checking in on other running backs was a worthwhile thing to do. Yeah, I would I would just infinitely rather have James Robin from <clears throat> James Robinson for a six than Christian McCaffrey for two like premium picks and a second and a third and then also a fourth and a fifth. Like I oh man. I like I'm okay trading the conditional six for Robinson. Obviously, I think that's a good deal for the Jets. I, the reason I wouldn't trade anything besides a day three pick or like maybe two day three picks for a running back is like, look at the running backs who are playing in the NFL who are drafted on day three. Yeah, I, I could just get one of these guys almost any year. I made like a quick list of just like the last five to six years of dudes who were taken mm-hmm. in day three. Uh, Devonta Freeman, Jay Ajayi, Jamal Williams, Jordan Howard, Aaron Jones, Tony Pollard, Khalil Herbert, Elijah Mitchell, Ramondre Stevenson. The list goes These are all good running backs Yeah, that were taken in like the fifth, sixth, and seventh round of NFL drafts. And they're like undrafted guys who have impacts every year too. I just, I don't understand sending one premium pick away. <laughs> For a running back who already has a shitload of miles on his body in the NFL. Yeah. But multiple, it's baffling that this is the move. This is just diet Rams right now. Like, the thing is, is that you should be drafting a running back, like, at least every two years on day three just to to run that lottery because running back is such a volatile position injury-wise that you never know when your star running back is going to be done. So you should be playing that slot machine pretty frequently. I mean, it pays out all the time, even in like yeah. the third and fourth round. You see guys like Kamara was a third round pick. Like, yep, we, we've been over this a billion times. I've made the whole list of guys who have gone beyond the first and high second who are all incredible running backs. So uh, it's tough. But like that said, 
it's so hard to separate the fit and the value because the value is yeah. so bad. But also, like, the fit is very good. Yeah. So, like, I think it's going to be really fun to see him in that offense once he gets up to speed. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be the best offense he's ever played with, really, honestly. I mean, yeah. The, and the scheme and the plays they're going to call for him. Like, he could have some huge games and people are going to forget about the draft picks. But that draft's going to come around, man. And the 49ers aren't going to draft until like the sixth round. And people are going to be like, oh, yeah, we have Trey Lance and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be one of those things where you're like, oh, really wish I had more than uh, two draft picks. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. But yeah, I just, man, running backs get replaced all the time. And, Speaking of getting replaced, yeah. we had a, another player who was replaced this week. Colts quarterback Matt Ryan has been benched for the rest of the season in favor of not the second string quarterback, Nick Foles, but the third string quarterback, Sam Ellinger. Was Nick Foles really ever the second string quarterback, though? Like, if this is if this is the move that's being made, I don't think he was ever backup. Like, I think he was always third string. I think so too. I so I like the move to go to Ellinger instead of Foles. The offense mm-hmm. desperately needs a shakeup. And I think like if you look around the NFL right now, there are certain teams who have been, you know, varying levels of success with quarterbacks not throwing the ball very often. Yeah. You know, you look at like Daniel Jones on the Giants, they've been very successful limiting his passing attempts. Mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota and the Falcons have had some success this season. Uh the Chicago Bears had a lot of success last night against a team that we will not be talking about on this episode of the podcast. So I, I would expect more of that out of the Colts offense that the ball is not going to be in the air as much. Yeah, I think that's OK for them because they obviously have a very good running back room um, and Ellinger is mobile kind of, you know, so maybe a little more like read option stuff, get a little bit creative and kind of see where it goes. It's better than just sitting back and watching the Matt Ryan roller coaster every throw. Yeah. I mean, I, I did see a report that there is an injury with Matt Ryan. So that may be a little bit of a cover, but that they couldn't just keep running him out there to throw multiple interceptions every week. Like you just, and also not score points. Yeah, I think you just can't. <laughs> I think how bad he's been against any defense that's even above average this season. Like yeah. he's had, you know, we talked about him being second in the league in passing yards going into last week, but he, you know, all those yards or a lot of those yards had come yeah. either when they were losing or against bad defenses. And then, you know, they play Denver mm-hmm. and he's horrible. They play the Titans and he's horrible. So, yeah, I mean, quote unquote injured, I guarantee you that's just like kind of saving face benching a yeah. guy that you just traded the third yeah. round pick for. In fairness to him, like that offense has not gotten going at all. Like the running game hasn't taken off. Like that they're, they're struggling across the board. So that really hasn't helped him. But at the same time, you know, you you are the veteran quarterback that was just traded for and 
not only are you not putting up points, you're turning the ball over, and you have one of the better offensive lines in football. So it's not like you are being pummeled on every play. I know that they've had some injuries, but not to the point where, you know, he's he's being a David card. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I think, been their problem this season is that what we thought was going to be the strength of the team has actually been a bit of a weakness in the offensive yeah. line. It's like, it's not just the injuries, it's the fact they're just not playing well yeah. as a unit as well. So, um, not a good situation yeah. there. And well, I guess they're going to see what they get with Ellinger. And I think that it's it's fair to ask, like, how much of that is Matt Ryan making mistakes calling his protection? I mean, that's most veteran quarterbacks call their own protection at the line of scrimmage. Most of them also, you know, dictate which way the run is going at the line of scrimmage based off of what the look, what looks they're getting. So is he just not seeing things right and also like impacting the run game as well? That's all fair. The ironic thing about it is that Jim Ursay just compared his leadership to Peyton Manning like a week ago. And now they're benching him. It's funny. Oof. It's almost it's almost like Jim Ursay's on drugs. Uh <laughs> what? Uh, uh. Can't I re- imagine that. <laughs> really what I was trying to get to with this episode of the podcast is a segment about fake good teams and fake bad teams, like teams with good records who are actually not good and teams with bad records who are actually good. And I, I put this segment together so that I could shit on the Giants and the Jets because I hate them. But to be honest, when I actually sat down to do the research, I kind of am looking at this and I'm like, okay, they actually deserve a lot more credit than I'm giving them this season. Yeah. I mean, so the Jets are five and two. They beat Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Miami without to a Green Bay and Denver. So they haven't beaten anybody good yet because all of those teams are awful. And that that's the concern. That's kind of like why I was, that was going to be the segment is like, oh, the Jets, they, yeah, they're five and two. They haven't beaten anybody. Like now they're really going to play teams. But I mean, they're 11th in DVOA. And it's mainly because their defense has been really good. The defense is 10th in DVOA. And they're third in special teams DVOA. So, I mean, to me, really, after looking at it in more detail, watching some film, doing some research, they kind of seem like they've taken on the personality of their coach. You know, tough-minded. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play defense. They're going to be really solid on special teams. And I think that's been what's been helping them win games against bad teams this season is that they're more disciplined. And honestly, like they did, they have a shitload of talent. They've been drafting high for a long time. Yeah. I have seen a lot of Lions fans turn around and point at the Jets and be like, see, they're winning year two. And everyone wants to forget that they had five first round picks in two years, which is like ridiculous. So 
that that's that's a big part of why they're significantly better this year than they have been the previous well like nine yeah <laughs> not not to mention too they traded jamal adams and got a top 10 pick from yeah. seattle so yep like good good management on their side to get first round picks for jamal adams like you look back on that and that's a oof yeah that's a big oof for seattle but they've executed well on all of their picks i mean yep sauce gardner looks like he might be the best rookie Mm-hmm. right now you know it's hard to tell because he has no stats because nobody throws at him <laughs> so yeah. uh no. he looks, but he's been no. incredible yeah when i when i from what little i've gotten to watch of him like he's it like he he sticks like an al dente noodle to the wall i like it lost in the sauce the announcer during the Denver game the other day actually said that Cortland Sutton got lost in the sauce. And I was like, that's incredible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, so they've hit draft picks. I mean, even some of the guys that didn't seem like they hit as much like Quinn and Williams when they got him a couple years ago. Yep. He's been good this season. He's kind of taken a step forward in year two under Salah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they're probably a little bit better than I wanted to give them credit for, for sure. I will say, though, you know, like I said, they haven't, they don't have any wins over like good teams, which I mean, you got five wins over five NFL teams. So like, let's be honest, that's yeah. pretty good, especially at this point in the season. Uh, but according to football outsiders, they are number one in future strength of schedule. So I expect some regression from them over, yeah. you know, the next, however many weeks of the season. I mean, honestly, their schedule is Patriots, Bills, Patriots. After what we saw last night, that may not be so intimidating anymore. But you gotta pay, you gotta at least play the Bills twice. They got Miami again. They, so their their future schedule is ranked as the hardest in the NFL. So I expect them to drop off a bit. But honestly, like looking at the landscape right now, you already got five wins. Can you get four more? Yeah, probably with some of the teams they have there. So we'll see how that goes. Uh the other team I wanted to shit on, but can't is the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> so the Giants are 6-1. and one. They've beaten Tennessee, Carolina, Chicago, Green Bay, Baltimore, and Jacksonville. So a couple good teams in there, especially by DVOA standards, with Baltimore yeah. being like fifth in DVOA. Uh, the Giants are 14th in DVOA. They're seventh, seventh offensively, which just, I think, goes to show how good of a coach Dable is. Yeah. Uh, but 29th on defense. So I I see some regression coming for them as well. I watched a whole Giants game on Sunday. The first, probably the first whole Giants game I've watched since like the 2011 Super Bowl. Uh, I, I actually, like, I won't lie to you guys. I kind of enjoyed watching the Giants. I kind of liked it. Danny Dimes threw for like 200 yards and ran for another 102 scores. <laughs> against Jacksonville. <laughs> I mean, the main reason I liked it is because I bet on the Giants as underdogs and they beat Jacksonville. Like, yeah, to be honest with you guys about that, but they just do weird shit. Yeah. They're just like, you know what? We got this roster that's not great. So we're just going to do a bunch of weird shit. We're going to run like a full house backfield. We're going to put, you know, three linebackers at the line of scrimmage. We're going to do weird things that other teams don't do. And it's working for them. Yeah. And I mean, it's like... They're not putting up a ton of points, but they're really efficient. And it's not like 
you can reasonably expect Danny Dimes to light it up through the air when the two players on the outside that they invested the most in at the wide receiver position in Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony are literally non-existent, like can't even get on the field. And when they do, they don't do anything when they're on the field anyways. What are we working with here? So, yeah, like they they have to do weird things, but they're also being very efficient and almost conservative. But it works because they just keep moving the ball. They get some points here and there, but they're not stringing together three and outs. Because that's where you get in trouble. I'm going to use all the buzzwords here. They play good, situational, complementary football. All three phases, baby. The yeah. I mean, I think the key to the offense is that, obviously, Saquon Barkley is back to being Saquon Barkley. Yep. This season, he's been incredible. And I was watching this with Jacksonville on Sunday. Is like, Barkley started, like, killing them. In the second mm-hmm. half, like he started, you know, he's he's been wearing down that defense for a whole half and he starts ripping yeah. off these chunk plays. So Jacksonville's defense gets so focused on him that when Danny does pull the ball out and run, yeah, he's just got like all this green ahead of him. Uh, and for as critical as we've been of Danny Dimes throwing the ball, which I still <laughs> agree with, he is somewhat athletic and he can run a bit. So he had some big like chunk runs. The other day, man. And so it's just think it's interesting what they're doing. And it just shows it goes to show that like Dayball is a very good coach. I, I was impressed watching them the other day and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean it, Jones is a very, very good runner. He has not got enough credit for that because well, quite frankly, past regimes there have not highlighted that ability for him nearly enough. That's part of why they've been so terrible. The knowledge of that is also helping Saquon a lot too, because you that does have to be in defenders' minds. So it's 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 like the NFL version of two man game from basketball. Yeah, and it's working for him. So I, I went through this whole statistical analysis trying to find you know teams with good records who are actually bad hoping that it would be the two new york teams turned out it wasn't the one team that really stuck out to me and i mentioned them earlier the minnesota vikings are five and one yeah but they're 18th in dvoa and that is like five and one is not the record of a team that is 18th in dvoa nobody's going to come for them in that division because I mean it's like Green Bay, we know Green Bay is bad now. Like it's just we're just we just know Green Bay's bad. The other two teams did you know, no offense, Matt, but you you're not gonna win the division from the Vikings. The the Vikings have had the twentieth easiest schedule so far. Uh and their strength of schedule is twenty sixth going forward. So it's gonna get easier. So I mean they're gonna probably have a pretty good record at the end of the year. I just want to mark this down for the playoffs when we're gambling and we're taking bets on the first round of the playoffs. 
I am very suspicious of the Minnesota Vikings. Bet against them on spread in the playoffs. I, I'm, I, taking I, the line. I'm taking the money line of the other team because they're probably going to be favored. I don't know about that. <laughs> I guess we'll see who here, they play, but it's, the game's going to be in Minnesota. You, you're, I think you're expecting them to have like 10 to 12 wins. I know me some Minnesota Vikings from being in this division. They're going to string some losses together. Like it's, it is just what they do. I I remember there was one year back in like the prime Zimmer defenses years, and they started out five and zero. Everyone was talking about them being like favorites to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, and they ended the year with eight wins. Like, yeah, that 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 is prime Minnesota football. Like they're gonna string some losses together. They'll still win the division. They'll still make the playoffs, but they are going to stumble across that finish line. Yeah, I'm just waiting for them to have like a first round matchup with like the 49ers. I'm <laughs> just going to bet all my money on the 49ers. Even if it's not a great money line, even if it's like minus 115 49ers, I'm just taking it. I'm taking whatever the money line is. I'm hoping it's positive. So, yeah, they they stuck out to me as a not great team. Uh, I mean, so like the other side, like teams that are bad, that the advanced stats say they're good. Jacksonville is two and five, but they're still ninth in DVOA somehow. And I, I just want to tell you guys, DVOA is not the end all be all <laughs> for life. I know football outsiders. Case like in a, point. <laughs> yeah. Is that like sometimes the stats tell us things that our eyes do not see when we watch the football game. And like I mentioned, I watched an entire game of Jags giants the other day, which if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, I was going to watch a full Jags giants game. I would have been like, something is wrong. I, I just don't see it with the Jags. Like ninth in DVOA is high. That that's like above the 49ers. That's above the chargers and the giants and the jets and all these other teams we just talked about. I I don't know, man, like the, some of these DVOA rankings, Tampa Bay is eighth right now, mostly on the strength of their defense. You, you got to apply some, some visuals. I would, I would watch the yeah. games. <laughs> I, I encourage, I would encourage you all to watch the games. Yeah. Certain teams have been really bad on certain some sides of the ball to this point in the year. To many surprise, you also need to understand that there is going to be some progression to the mean, too. Like, certainly not expecting the Bucks to uh, return to the offense that they had two years ago, but I highly doubt that they played this badly on offense all the way through week 18 like that that just doesn't track i'm hoping they figured it out man because tom brady just gave up a brazilian supermodel wife to for this for yeah. this three and four mess that just got beat by the panthers yeah i mean oof. that is um that's a guarantee though like there's you you can't come out on top 
Like, no. This. I feel bad because I said it like jokingly when our we did our week one overreactions pod that Tom Brady should have just quit. He should have just stayed retired. But he really should have just stayed retired, man. Holy yeah. shit. That definitely would have been the right call, especially since that was the agreement he had with his wife. Mm-hmm. Got to honor your word, my friend. Yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the thing about advanced stats. Is like I love stats. I'm obviously very statistically driven. But you do got to realize that like even with advanced stats, and this is what always drives me crazy in baseball when people talk about like sabermetrics and advanced stats in baseball, that these stats, these like DVOAs and things like that are based on what we've seen so far and are not necessarily indicators of what we will see going forward. Like things will change. The yeah. DVOA standings change every week. Like mm-hmm. the, the Bengals just pummeled the Falcons and went from 12th in DVOA to six last week. So while it helps us see how good a team has been so far, it's the NFL and crazy shit happens. Yeah. Um, so it'll change. It'll change. I wouldn't use these necessarily as a key predictor of future performance. Yeah. And I mean, like there's a lot of teams that have been playing without certain players to this point who are going to get those players back. And there's a lot of teams that have spent the majority of the season so far playing with certain players and have either lost those players already for the rest of the season or will. And that will determine those changes as well. So these stats are certainly not going to tell us where we're ending the season because week 18 is going to make these rankings look very, very stupid. Yeah, we'll do this again when we're getting ready for the playoffs. But uh, the last thing I wanted to mention before we sign off here is that I think it was last week or the week before I told you guys that you should just be gambling on dogs every single week. I was like, if you're like, I don't don't bet on anything else except dogs, whether it's like to cover or the money line. I mean, you really got to ask yourself, do you got that dog in you? Yeah, and if you don't have that dog in you, you should because six more dogs won straight on Sunday and Monday. <laughs> Count Monday. So six dogs total won last week. I Just don't be afraid to bet the dogs, man. The Carolina was like plus 500 going into that game against the Bucks, and they won 21 to 3. The Bears were like plus 400 something going into that game against the Pats on Monday night and absolutely dominated. So I... I would I'm going to go look at dogs this week and see who we can bet. The Vikings I mean, Vikings at, play the Cardinals this week. At this point, it's it's worth like just sprinkling a little money on every single dog. Yeah, I just want you guys to know that like any game that you want to bet on, that's a dog that you're like, no, that's stupid. That'll never happen. It will happen. It has happened <laughs> all season. We've seen all sorts of upsets. Like you would not have gone into last week with the Panthers trading Christian yeah. McCaffrey and gone like, Oh, I should bet on them to beat the Buccaneers. But it happened and it's going to keep happening every week. There's going to be dogs out there. Do not be afraid to bet on them. Get that dog in you. I, I firmly believe that the dog would have won in, in Detroit last week. If DeAndre Swift had played. Don't stop believing there, buddy. 
Hey, that might have been the one thing that actually takes away Jared Goff's ability to throw the game away because Dallas's offense looked like shit. Our offense looked better than theirs. <laughs> we just kept turning the ball over. Uh, is DeAndre Swift playing this week? Do we know? Uh, I think he will. It sounded like he was close against Dallas, but I think the shoulder was still bugging him a lot. So Okay, because you guys are a plus 146 home dog to the Miami Dolphins. Hmm? Want everybody yeah. to remember, it's not as stupid as it sounds. Well, and it it looks like Tua is still absolutely trying to get himself hurt. So, just making like making comments before the game about how he's going to be more careful and he's going to slide and all that stuff, and then you see him scramble and lower his head and run head on into a defender. It's like, okay, so. That brain damage was permanent. Congratulations. It ain't great. We might have to take the Lions this weekend. But all right, everybody, that is it for us. As always, Foul Duff can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Fouled Out Sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matador underscore defense. And you can check out extra podcast content on Patreon at patreon.com slash fouled out. Got some great college football podcast up there. There's some basketball stuff. There's some other sports coming, especially with the World Cup starting next month. I do that. We might have some friends on to talk a little soccer with us, which will be fun. And then next week, Matt and I are going to be back on Wednesday with podcast episode number 100. Very special podcast. So we'll have some special stuff planned for that as well. For sure. Matt, you got anything else before we sign off? Well, I just want to let everyone know that these shaking butts behind me are brought to you by Jose Calderon. And you should, you know, just at him on Twitter if you want them in your life as well. I'm mesmerized. I got to sign off before I stay on here all night. But all right, my friend, I will see you soon. Later. All right. Bye, guys. All right, mom. Bye.